Okay, so we are wrapping up this series this week called By Any Other Name because it's about love. And in this series, we've talked about what love is. We talked about the fact that most people will see in their life a bunch of different wrong ideas of love. From TV, movies, even from other people, we see these ideas of, I like to use the example of The Notebook. Like it's thought of as like this really romantic movie, but if you break it down and you take out the fact that Ryan Gosling is hot, like, and you put me in it or something, like all of a sudden it's a movie about a guy who breaks up a marriage that was pretty good and he stalks this lady and eventually wears her down into marrying him. And like it's really creepy. Yeah, it's really creepy, but we think it's love because it's attractive people. And we always think of love like that. Disney does a lot of stuff like that. Um, and so we grow up kind of having these wrong ideas of what love is. And as you get older, sometimes people and relationships and friends and other things will kind of push you to do or say something in order to get their love. But anytime someone tries to get you to be something else, to say something else, to do something else in order to earn love, they don't love you. Like, love is something that, that we have from God, and so we don't have to go uh, make it happen for other people. Now, we want love, and that's good, but we love other people. And love is patient. Love is kind. Love is good. Love is something that is important, but it's something that should be there and something that we work at, something that's an action, something that is helping other people and then getting help ourselves. I talked about relationships, and I talked about the latter, and little Rob and little Tara, and, and how they held hands and kissed, and all this stuff, and just how important it is to have a line, to have talks with people that you're in a relationship with, to have like an idea of who you want to marry one day. This does not mean that you're going to marry everybody you, you date, because you're not, uh, but it means that you only would date someone who is fits those qualities because that's important to you. That's something that you should look for. That's something that matters. And then you grow towards that, and that is what love is. We, we've talked about communication and the fact that uh, it is one of the most important parts of love. It means that we are uh, sometimes when we are talking to our parents or we're talking to our friends or we're talking to other people, uh, we will kind of only be listening in order to respond, like we'll have an argument. So somebody's saying something, and we already know we don't agree with it. We already know what we want to say, and we don't really, we're not really listening to what they say. That's not communication. Communication is actually listening. And I remember I used the scripture that we, we essentially, to paraphrase, listen extra, like be quick to listen and be slow to respond so that you can actually work at it, so you can actually care, so you can build a dialogue, so you can talk, so you can share your feelings. Uh, try not to let anger be involved in it. Be willing to apologize. Be willing to ask questions. Like all of these things matter in terms of love, in terms of relationships. Um, this week I'm going to talk about the fact that we are all connected to Jesus. And I'm going to talk about the fact that his love is something we can never lose. His love is something that connects us all. His love is something that, that gives us hope. And so I want to go to John 15, 1 through 17. Uh, this is Jesus speaking. I am the true grapevine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me and I will remain in you, for a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. So vine, he's referring kind of if you think of grapes. Grapes grow on a vine. And if part of the vine dies, like down close to the roots or something, then all of the vine will start to die. So you have to cut that part off so that the rest of it will be okay. It works with gardening. It works with plants. It works with a lot of things. And he's using this in terms of our faith. 
um, in the course of our lives, there are going to be times where we mess up. Like we do something wrong, we say something wrong, something bad happens, and we learn more about our faith. When I first became a Christian a long, long time ago, when I was raised as a Christian, uh, I looked at it as more of a list of things you don't do. And it was like a checklist. And it's like, well, this is what a Christian has to look like, and this is what they don't do. And that's the wrong way to look at it. That's a legalistic way to look at it. Over time, you realize it's love God, love others. It's be like Jesus, do your best. And when you mess up, uh, you make up for it. Like you ask for forgiveness, you apologize. And that's what pruning is. So when you do something that you know you shouldn't do, you ask for forgiveness. And then you're like, I'm going to stop doing this. I'm going to stop trying to be a jerk to people. I'm going to stop uh, trying to hurt other people. I'm going to stop lying. I'm going to stop whatever. Like whatever it is, you prune it. And then sometimes in your life, there are other people who drag you down. Now, your generation and a few other generations between yours and mine tends to use the word toxic over and over again just to mean, essentially it means somebody who disagrees with you. That's not toxic. Like you want people in your life that disagree with you, but that do it to build you up, that do it to listen to you, that do it to help you. And so what sometimes though there are people who just hurt you, who abuse you, who make you feel like crap, who are really cruel. And at those times you do have to cut them out of your lives and that's pruning them. But you don't do it in a hateful way. You don't do it talking behind their back. You're just like, hey, this isn't going to work and you move forward. And that is again what he's talking about here. Now the amazing thing with him is no matter what happens in your life, his love stays. And so even if you turn away, you always have the chance to come back as long as you're alive. You can ask for forgiveness. You can grow. You can get better. You can be different. Um, and so I want to go to the next part. Yes, I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from you, uh, apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me uh, is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered in a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. So some people could read this and be like, People that don't listen to him are cut and put into a fire. This is not him saying, I hope this happens. In fact, it's him saying the opposite. He wants everyone to remain in him. And he's saying, listen, this is an important thing. You have to follow me. You're not going to be perfect, but you have to try to be like me. Producing fruit does not mean that you go and you read the Bible to everybody, or you go and you preach, or you go and you sing. It means that you do your best to be like him. And with some people, you're going to talk about your faith. With other people, your example of just how you live, how you treat other people, that's going to be your witness. But that is bearing fruit. That is showing who he is. And when he says, uh, if you remain in me and you ask for anything in the world, I'll give it to you. I think as humans, most of us look at that and be like, man, I could use a couple million dollars or I really like a new car. I'd like to be a foot or so taller. Like we think of these things and that's not what he's saying. But when you're truly following him, when you're truly trying to be like Jesus, when you're truly trying to, to live like him, you want different things. This does not mean that you don't still want money. It doesn't mean you don't still want love. It doesn't mean you still don't want relationships or PS5 or whatever. But it means that you realize the things you ask for uh, are, I want to do better. I want to be better. I want to help more people. I want to be more patient, things like that. And he'll help you with that. Um, I remember when I was a little kid, there were a line of toys based on a cartoon or a cartoon based on a line of toys, probably called He-Man. And I think He-Man still exists, yeah. but I remember I had, yeah, I had a bunch of He-Man toys and they're really cool. And a new one came out. They had like this season where they have a new villain and that's what the shows did then. Um, it was entirely geared towards making kids want more toys, and the new villain was called Hordak, and I prayed so hard, and I'm a little kid, 
prayed so hard that one of my old toys that I didn't want would turn into the new one. And at the time, I didn't have an understanding of capitalism or how God worked. But sometimes we look at him like that as a genie, like, man, God, I haven't studied at all for this test. And in fact, I haven't even opened my book yet this, class, this semester. Please help me on this test. And it's like we treat him like a, 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 a genie or we're, none of you guys are driving, but it's like we're driving and it's like I'm going 130 miles an hour and the cop just turned his lights on. Please help him to give me a warning. Then it's too late. Like we wait until it's too late or we wait until we don't try. And we kind of treat him like that. And Jesus is saying, you can always ask me, but you have to still try to be like me. You have to still be seeking me. You have to be doing your best, not being perfect, not being uh, not never making mistakes, but asking to, to help, asking to try to love God, to try to love others, to understand you're a part of something more. That's the really cool thing about youth group, about Christianity, about churches. There are other people that live like us and go through this stuff. It's hard to be a Christian, and it's hard to be a Christian in the schools, and it's hard to, to do the right thing and to not be selfish and to not be greedy and to not be angry and to not be mean, and it's really hard to do that, and a lot of people fail. But when we ask him for help to do better, he will help us. It doesn't mean we still don't have to work, but he'll help us to have the right situations, the right places. This is all part of love and all part of connection. And the fact that his love never goes away, no matter what. If you think of the worst person in the history of the world, no examples, but if you think of the worst person in the history of the world, he still loved them. This does not mean they were a Christian or that they went to heaven, but it means that he still loved them. And if at any point in their life they had stopped and said, I am messed up, please forgive me, he would have forgiven them. Judas, if he had stopped and said, man, I'm sorry, he would have been forgiven, but he didn't. Like anybody can have forgiveness, and that's such an amazing thing, and it gives us this chance to truly be our best. Um, last part of the scripture. I have loved you even as my father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friend, since I have told you everything the Father told me. You didn't choose me, I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit, so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. This is my command, love each other. So a bunch of times in there he says, love each other. And that's what it comes down to. Um, there's a different part, and I say this a lot, but there's a different part where he says, essentially all of the Bible is summarized in love God, love others. And it doesn't mean that the rest of the Bible isn't important. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't try to read it and try to look at the other things. It doesn't mean that uh, everything is easy. But he's basically saying, you guys have this connection. Like, you are part of a vine. You are part of me. I'm doing all the heavy lifting. Like, I'm doing all the work. I'm setting this example. I'm showing you how to treat other people. I'm putting my wisdom out there. I'm dying for you so that you have a chance to go to heaven. You now have to take that safety net and go out and show people what it means to be like me. And you go out and you love God, which means you pray to him. You worship him. You do your best to, to be like him. You do your best to honor him. And then love others in the same way. To, to not hate people, to not talk behind their backs, to not lie about them, to not pick fights. This does not mean you're not going to have fights, but to be willing to apologize, to not kill people, to not steal from people, to not lie to people, to show them the same love that he loves you. That's what the crazy thing about all of this is, is nothing you ever do will take that love away. 
And he says, hey, all you have to do to show me this is to go and show people the same thing. This does not mean you let them walk all over you. It doesn't mean that if somebody's abusing you or hurting you that you have to be their best friend. Again, like I said, you can cut people out of your life, but it means you still love them. Not that you like them, but that you love them, which means in a lot of cases you just don't hate them. Um, we see this fail a lot from a lot of Christians and from a lot of capital C churches and a lot of things, especially in political times. Um, a lot of people getting so caught up in their politics, so caught up in what they want and what they think is right and what they think is best, that they forget that core of love each other. And they forget listening. They forget communicating. They forget that love is patient. Love is kind. Love seeks justice. Love, love seeks truth. Love doesn't give up. Again, this doesn't mean we're best friends with everybody or that we agree with everybody because we don't. But it means that you do your best to treat them with the same respect that you wish they would treat you. Uh, it means that you listen to them in the same way you wish they would listen to you. It means that you love them in the same way you wish they would love you. And if you do ever have to walk out of a relationship or a friendship or whatever, that's fine. But do it in a respectful way. Do it in a way where you just cut, shut the door, cut it off, and you let it go. And that's part of forgiveness. Forgiveness is not actually for the people you're forgiving. It's for you to be able to let it go, to heal, to move forward. Uh, and that can be very hard. But Jesus talks about all of this to say, as hard as this is, you still have this connection to me. Like, you can still ask me for anything. You can ask God for anything. You can feel me. You can look at how I treated someone. Um, back in the day, in mine and Rob's childhood days, there was a bracelet and, like, a movement called WWJD, and some of you might have heard of it, but what would Jesus do? And that's really what it comes down to, is you stop and you think, how would Jesus treat this person? Uh, Jesus argued sometimes, but he did it in a way where he still listened and he still loved, and he wasn't saying insults or hatred. He was just debating. Um, Jesus never hated anybody. Like Jesus didn't treat anybody else like garbage. Again, he wasn't best friends with everybody, but he always had that door open to listen, to love, to communicate, to hope. And that's what this series is about. It's about the fact that you are loved already. So you don't have to become something else or someone else to make somebody else love you because Jesus loves you as you are. Now, you take that and don't say, hey, I'm going to stay as I am forever, but you grow and you learn and you try to be more and more like him every day. And then you build that love. And as you build that love in him, then you show it to other people. And that's how you bear fruit. And that's how you communicate. And that's how you grow. And that's what it means to be connected. That's what it means to be loved because that is what we all have. We have this chance to take that love that we're shown, to take that love that we're given and to make some of the things that other generations mistakenly did and do them better, to treat people better, to show people who Jesus really is, not just who some people say he is, but to show them love, to show them kindness, to show them respect, to show them hope, to show them peace, to show them justice, to show them that you see them, not that you just see their labels or not that you just think whatever you want to think. Again, not that you agree with everybody, but that you love Jesus so much that you're able to show other people that love and then to feel it yourself. And that's all I got.